This podcast is brought to you by NetBank. Whether you're thinking of franchising your business, buying into or revamping your franchise, stay tuned for tips on how to grow your brand and portfolio. Welcome to NetBank Franchise Podcast, powered by NetBank. I'm your host, Charles Xuan. Today in the studio, we have Richard McIver. Richard is the co-founder of Cash Converters. Richard, welcome to the studio. Thank you, Charles, and thank you for the opportunity. Take us through, like, when you were a child, what did you want to do growing up? Was this always your big dream to say, I'm going to open up franchise stores and take over the world? Or No, I don't think so. I, 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 I suspect along the line that I always wanted to do something myself uh, in the context of my own business, um, primarily because of the family background. So my family on my father's side are small business owners. My grandfather arrived in the country in 1897 from Lebanon, uh, started up a general dealer in a small town in the Eastern Cape called Barclay East, which amazingly is still operating today, Makaiba Brothers, uh, four or five generations later. Um, and I, I always thought that I would end up doing something myself. In fact, um, <laughs> My wife says that I'm unemployable because I take instruction poorly. <laughs> uh, so I figured it would be something in business, um, but never thought that it would be franchising per se in general or specifically in the industry that I chose. So I don't think there are many people out there that would have aspired to become uh, pawnbrokers or second-hand dealers or micro-lenders. It's just not a, a, an aspirant uh, industry to look towards. Hmm. Okay, so um, I believe you also had a very, very interesting um, exchange student story. You you studied e-commerce, so the exchange student was it before? Was well, it, was, it? it was before, yes. So, so I finished uh, school in 79. In 80, I went to America as an exchange student, primarily because I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, and uh, I left Cape Town in uh, January of 1980 and arrived 200 miles north of Detroit in Michigan about a week later from uh, 20 degrees Celsius in South Africa to minus 20 degrees Fahrenheit in America. Uh, a really, really cold uh, arrival. And the first thing that I did when I got there, the family that I joined, uh, took me straight to the outfitters and we put some clothes on me that wouldn't freeze because I arrived in a pair of jeans and a t-shirt. And the next thing we did was drive straight into a drive through at McDonald's because, of course, South Africa didn't have McDonald's in those days. And I was, uh, we'd grown up in the culture of American TV and we'd seen a lot about McDonald's. So it was a Big Mac, large fries and a Coke. Do you still remember the first bite was as, as good as advertised? Yes, it was. <laughs> it was great. And then how long were you in the in America for? for so I spent a year in America, traveled around America while I was there as a Rotary Exchange student, as I said. Uh, came back to South Africa, spent two years in the military uh, in those days, and then went to UCT, uh, finished up with a BCom there, moved from UCT to Johannesburg for my st first stint in the late 80s, and joined uh, Gencore, in fact, their mining house. Uh, my major is IT and accounting, mm -hmm. and uh, I was my first job was as a PC technician, uh, and the first PC that I uh, d uh, received from IBM as a delivery was an 
was an XT twin floppy drive. It had 300... Floppy drive. Correct. Explain to the millennials that don't know what that is. What is a floppy? So it's like, it's like a record, but it's literally floppy. It's a, it's a movable storage device that probably should live in a museum these days. The irony of it is, is that whole PC had 360 kilobytes worth of storage on it. It cost 15,000 Rand in 1986. Wow. Um, and obviously, uh, you know, it, it was a different age. Uh, that organization ran on mainframe IBM computers. They called them 370s in those days. And that mainframe took up two spaces of general mining, two floors of general mining house in the CBD of Joburg. In today's world, our cell phones have more computing power than that whole mainframe. No, it's scary when you think of it. So when you were in the States, um, did you see any companies there that, or businesses back then that you said that, wow, this is a real... Uh, really, really cool business concept. I'd love to have one of those. So I'll tell you two stories that'll that'll show you how many mistakes a person can make in a business career. So the first uh, uh, thing that I saw when I was in America was the Weber Bry, and I looked at this lot and uh, and first of all the Yanks put charcoal in it where we Bry in South Africa with wood. So. Uh, and of course, in, when I was growing up, we made a braai on the ground and we took our roaster and put it on top and the chops and the horse were there. So I looked at this thing and thought there's no chance that uh, Weebers would ever succeed in South Africa and moved on. Of course, Ouch. They, yes. Ouch. <laughs> History was made. Every second house has one just about in, in the country. And probably the biggest mistake that I ever made was uh, uh, an exposure to cell phones. So in those days, it was the old Motorola that literally mm. looked like a car uh, battery. And uh, again, I, I looked at this lot and said, why would anybody want to carry around a cell phone? You know. And uh, as we well know, there are now more cell phones in South Africa than there are people. Well, speaking of which, how many cell phones do you own? One or two or three? I only own one. Only one? Yes. Okay. And uh, 94 to now, and I believe as of uh, this year, you have more than 80 stores, 84 to be exact. Is so, in fact, we're nearing on 90 now, uh, 90 cash converter stores uh, over that period of time. And our journey has, has evolved over time. In uh, 94, when we started out, we brought the PostNet business to South Africa at the same time. Um, we've also been involved in uh, the, the multi-serve business, the shoe cobbler business, which we bought and sold. Uh, we've established, in fact, the first uh, social franchise in the country called Stort for All. And we've also into serviced and furnished offices. But over the years, we've uh, divested of everything besides cash converters and focused on the cash converter business. Richard, I believe you and your partner, Peter, you guys go way back, like varsity back <laughs> yes many years ago in fact in the previous century we met in uh, 1981 so uh, almost 40 years ago uh, through university um, and uh, joined up as partners in 1994 in uh, in our business so it just sounds like business all along did you work for anybody or did you i mean did you like do an internship at your grandfather's store as yes, a kid so so it started out, my dad was, uh, we grew up in Cape Town. My dad was a uh, chartered accountant. He had a small uh, auditing firm. And he was in and out of businesses all of his life in the context of joining partnerships with uh, clients of his. So he would have numerous businesses that he would be talking about uh, at the dinner table. I remember he had a, uh, 
a bucky canopy making business. He uh, partnered with uh, a fiberglass uh, swimming pool business. And uh, he was involved in an ironmongery business at, this, at some point in time. Um, and so there have always been many businesses around. And uh, it was really about understanding uh, the process of business models, the different types of businesses that uh, interested me. And uh, tell me something, like, walk us through your daily routine. Like, what time do you wake up every day? Um, what's the first thing that you do? How do you prime your mind? So, um, I'm quite a routine type of guy. We generally get up quite early in the morning, anywhere from five o'clock. Um, I enjoy gardening a lot, so I try to spend some time in the garden. I try to get to work bef uh, in and around seven o'clock. I've got uh, kids who've just left school, so it used to be a case of I'd do the morning run and uh, school was kind of between home and uh, where I work in Midrand. And so I'd get to, to, to the office probably around about seven o'clock, just past seven. Okay, are you an avid reader? I am in fact, I, I'm one of, those, uh, one of those guys that reads a lot, but I read multiple books simultaneously and have a bit of a struggle trying to finish them off. So I'll give you an idea of what I've been reading recently. I've Please just, do. I've just finished something called French Women Don't Get Fat. What's it about? Literally, French Women oh, Not okay. Getting Fat. <laughs> uh, it's, it's to do with uh, different uh, cultural eating habits and the like. Uh, as I'm getting older, I'm finding I'm not quite as uh, slim and fit as I yeah, was previously. slows down. Absolutely. Mm. Also, uh, I'm quite keen on, on walking, and we're looking to walk the Camino at the end of the year. So, Ian Skrindling has just finished a book called Walk It Off, and he did a thousand-kilometer trip in the Camino in Spain. Uh, hopefully, the health issues will be, um, will be over and with by that time. Uh, I read uh, Catch-22 when I was a kid, and I'm looking to read it over again. And then probably a, a very um, interesting book that I would recommend for people interested in health is a book by, called The Stress Code by Richard Sutton. Um, and uh, it's effectively what causes stress and, and how we can deal with it, which I found fascinating. So, yes, lots of different things. Okay. And uh, when it comes to the business side, um, if, if somebody is listening right now and they want to get into franchise or start a business, are there any business book that you will say, listen, you have to read, for example, the E-Myth or E-Myth Revised? I can't think of anything right now. I think the, 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 the journey that I've uh, had, first of all, in the context of the family background that I grew up in, so it was part of our culture. We, we were all... Um, all sort of schooled at the dining room table that uh, part of dinner time conversation was going to be something about business. Uh, I think the biggest thing that I learned in the process when I started is that I knew nothing. But the context behind that is it doesn't matter. The issue really is just start. Um, you can imagine 25 years back when I brought cash converters into the country, um, <laughs> The amount of uh, landlords that wanted to lease us property was zero. Uh, the amount of uh, bankers who wanted to lend us money was also zero. So whatever idea that you have, you're probably going to come up with a lot of uh, resistance to it. But you're going to have 99 and a half people out of 100 tell you you can't do it. And I suppose my biggest guidance or suggestion to anybody starting their own business is ignore everybody. 
As long as you have the passion for doing what you want to do, get out there and just do it. I like that. And uh, your the speaking about landlord, who was the landlord and which store was it that they said yes? So it was in fact Brol, Brol down in the in the Western Cape. The first store that we opened was in Paro in uh, the Shoprite Mall. And yes, Brol after we banged on their door often enough and 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 listened to the answers that we didn't want. I think finally they just said, you know, I've got enough. That's another thing about business. You really do require tenacity. If somebody's giving you an answer that you don't really want, you need to answer, ask the question in a different way so they get to the answer of yes. And yeah, so we uh, we managed to convince Brol to to uh, to rent us that site. Uh, we managed to convince uh, Nedbank to lend us some money after a lot of hard work. And uh, as, as they say, the rest of the history, we're now celebrating our 25th year in the country. 25 years, quarter of a century. Now, you mentioned that now in year 2020, you have over 90 stores. So when in the beginning, after how many stores did you decide to franchise? Good question. So um, the philosophy really was is before we started fr- franchising, we needed to understand how this business worked. So part of the reason for buying an international franchise and the premier brand within this industry worldwide is that I had no experience in either franchising, retailing, or the industry that we'd bought into. So the idea was, as with any franchises, you buy into a proven business model and you buy the rights to use the brand. So we got the license from Australia. Cash Converters was started in Western Australia in Perth in 1984. We bought the license for Southern Africa. That gave us the opportunity to go and train in Perth. And in fact, I was there for two or three months. And uh, after I'd left uh, Gencor, uh, went to Perth, did the training, and then came back to South Africa. Um, Our view was, before we were starting to franchise, was that we needed to understand the model. So we needed to get in there and literally get our hands dirty. So I ran that first business with... Uh, with partners of ours for a good two years before I got out of the store, we sold that on to a franchise, franchisee, and effectively started franchising in the Western Cape uh, for uh, what must have been through to about uh, 98-99, so four or five years over there. We've been most established in the Western Cape. In fact, our first franchisee that we signed is still with us today, still operating in, uh, in, in Weinberg in Cape Town. That's 25 years later. Mm. Um, what we did then was that I focused on the development of the territory in the Western Cape until about 98, 99, and then came up here to Johannesburg. The plan there was for a five-year plan, and I'm still here 20 years later. <laughs> and you mentioned that before this, you had two other franchises. So what went wrong with those ones and why did you end up picking cash converters out of the other two? So nothing really went wrong with them with, uh, at all. In fact, they've been really successful. Postnet, we listed on the uh, stock exchange, sold it into the OneLogix group and they've gone, grown from strength to strength. Uh, also the premier brand within their particular industry. Uh, and uh, Multiserve, the business, uh, is also successful. It's a 50-year-old brand in the country. Um, really what we realized 
uh, after after a while was that we simply didn't have the management capacity or the financial capacity to build all these businesses at the same time. So we needed to make a decision and, and it, I suppose probably more in line with my character, the Cash Converter brand uh, fitted me well and I was very keen on it. And fortunately, it's been proved successful over that time. Okay, and I believe the company's uh, positioning is providing people with access to cash. Now, in the past few years, we know the economy hasn't been doing well. Do you find that more people are selling because of that? Or does it matter when the economy goes up and down? What have you noticed trend-wise? So we've operated 25 years in South Africa now, 35 years around the world. And the long story short is that the um, the business model is valid in a growing economy or in fact an economy that is stagnant or, 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 or shrinking. Um, having said that, um, when the economy slows down, people generally speaking are in need of more cash. So the terminology that I use is it's, it's similar to the wind being behind us at this point in time. Um, Evolutionarily speaking, we started the business out as just retailers of uh, second-hand household goods until around about 2008-2009 after the National Credit Act had been implemented, we started the money lending portion of the business. That now uh, comprises close to 40% of the business. Sure. Wow. And uh, I mean, there's two relationships that um, in, in, in the franchise. So one end, you have to keep the franchisees happy. On the other end, they have to keep the customers happy. Do they ever come to you with problems that they can't solve, that you were just stomped? Can you give us an example? Yes. Uh, fortunately, not that often. But I mean, we're there as their support base. So uh, they're, maybe you can view it as the front line of the brand uh, interfacing with our consumers on an annual basis and we do two three million transactions a year through the network now so you're going to have circumstances that are out of the ordinary and then that uh, comes through the uh, through the organization to ourselves um, generally speaking those are solved by again going back to the human relationship part of things and trying to understand why the customer is as unhappy as he is in that particular set of circumstances and funnily enough um, we keep records of all of these things and oh, really? in that context we have less than a thousand complaints a year that come through to our head office environment in other words the three million transactions we do translate to less than a thousand complaints a year that that's a very good record uh, we think it's uh, we think it's a good one okay and then richard the final question what is a big focus for 2020 so 2020 has two focus areas. Uh, firstly, to grow our network. We think we have one of the best business models and franchises. So you want to grow more stores? Correct. Okay. And then secondly, continue the migration or the uh, the journey of uh, digitization in our business. So we're putting a lot of resource into that and there'll be some very exciting um, new developments coming to, to the market shortly. And do you have a target? Like I want to open, let's say, the target will be 200 stores and then I'll call it quits or 300 or 500. Do you have a number or you just, you just want to be like the Hulk, get bigger and bigger <laughs> and bigger? So I don't think we have an exact number. I think we, we, we think we're nowhere near maturation in Southern Africa. 
I think the really exciting part about it is expansion into Africa. So we've recently secured the license for Sub-Saharan Africa. We've partnered up with uh, some very uh, solid business people uh, for that and we will be growing the Cash Converters brand into Africa during the course of this year. Great. Well, I wish you all the best and thank you again for your time, Richard. Thanks, Charles. This podcast was brought to you by NetBank. Stay tuned for more on franchising or search NetBank Franchising for valuable information. See money differently. NetBank.